We're in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's pray. Uh, Fathers, we encounter this fifth foray into this beloved chapter, the fifth and final. I pray your blessing that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, you know, you, your word says the just shall live by faith. We're going to need these lessons. We're going to need to apply this uh, today, even the rest of this day, and tomorrow, and the day after that. We're going to need to apply faith to our lives. We know without faith it's impossible to please you. And Father, we, we also know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So Father, I pray that we would be men and women of faith, and not conjecture, not silliness, not so much out there that you understand, you know, you've told us that it's there's, there's bad and false doctrine. Help us keep pure and holy and right teaching uh, in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we finished up verse 29 last time. Verse 30, and there's a lot of verses left, but we'll get through it. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith, uh, the harlot Rahab perished not. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, that was verse 31. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I wonder sometimes if you're not, if English isn't your first language like a few of our students, you know, you read, well, they're compassed about seven days. No, King James, even uh, some of us whose English is the first language might get confused. They were compassed about seven days. It wasn't about seven days. It was, they were encircled for seven days. Uh, and, okay, here's, here's the thing. So they come into the promised land. What's Jericho? Well, Jericho is the biggest problem that they're going to face. They're going to take care of the toughest things. So what's Jericho in your life? What battle plan has God given you to overcome it? Does God want you to inherit the promised land? Of course he does. Of course he does. Do we have a Jericho? Well, we all have one. And yours will be different from mine, no doubt. What is it? What is it? What is it? Drug or alcohol abuse? Uh, pornography addiction or lust? Or uh, fear? Uh, what, what is it? Uh, unforgiveness? What's, your, what's, your, what's stopping you from inheriting the promised land? Does God have a battle plan for you to overcome that? Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. You know, uh, Jericho is a foregone conclusion. Of course they're going to win because they get God on their team. You know, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. Fit, fought. You understand. It's just, okay. No, he didn't. The angel of the Lord did, and he uses his people. He comes, so, you know, Joshua's on, on one, uh, one night, and I have an idea, he's kind of on reconnaissance. He's, he's looking at these impenetrable walls, and people who's, who's, look it, they don't have Apache helicopters shooting, you know, smart weapons. They have spears and swords and bow and arrow, and those are awful big walls. What are they going to do? It's going to take a miracle. Hey, listen. The Jericho event in your life is always a miracle. God always wants to show you. You can't do this. They, they walked around seven days looking at those walls saying, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. And God showed them that, look, uh, I'll tell you how it's going to work out. It works out by faith. Listen, 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 listen. Jerichos always fall by faith and nothing else. You apply God's plan to it. And so his, his Joshua uh, uh, he, he sees a guy. Uh, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Read here, halt, who goes there? He challenges them. 
And the, the guy says, the guy, the guy is Jesus Christ in pre-incarnate manifestation. We call it Christophany. And for my money, no doubt about it. He says, uh, uh, am I for you or against you? I don't think that's the question. The question is, are you for me? I'm the captain of the Lord's host. Uh, uh, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And of course, he would hock back to the burning bush and he would know exactly who he was dealing with. So he takes off his shoes and he, he, he worships this, this who, who no doubt gives him the battle plan. Okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go about seven days. And, uh, you know, six days, you don't say nothing. You walk around, you come back and back to the camp. Second day, same thing. Day one through six, exactly the same. Seventh day, you walk around seven times. The first six days of total silence. Seventh day, you're going to shout, blow the trumpets, the wall's going to fall down. <laughs> Joshua's like, why didn't I think of that? Of course, I, that's obvious, right? That's, that's, and imagine going back to his generals with that game plan. So we're going to compass and say, oh, a siege, okay, I, I get it, you know, I, we'll starve them out. I, I don't know, it's going to take a long time, but I, I, I guess there's no other way to... No, 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 no. We're just going to walk around. We ain't going to say nothing. Why is that, by the way? 400 years God has been dealing with these people. And for another 40 years in the wilderness, God's been dealing with these people. Calling them to repentance. Call, no doubt. And he's got six more days, seven. You're going to get yours. And I, and I think he's still working in their hearts, trying to call them to repentance. How many converts did he get? One, her name's Rahab. We'll pick her up. She's amazing. In the next verse, she's an amazing story. Uh, and she takes away all our excuses. I love Rahab. She's one of my favorite Bible characters. She really is. She's, Adam, she's a prostitute. I know. I know. What have we prostituted ourselves with? But that's a story for another time. So they walk around, and they say nothing. Listen, this plan will not work, except that it works. But that's all of faith. That's how it works. You know, uh, in, in, in 1 Peter, and listen, I'm not picking on women. I, I'm just, I was just, it was recent teaching. I'm following Joe Foch to uh, first, uh, Peter. And he said, in a recent teaching, he was talking about the women. He says, you know, you don't say anything to your husband. You just quietly walk around in front of him. He'll see your holiness. He'll, he will, and he that's going to make more of a difference than all you. Oh, no, 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 no. Women say, no, no, no. That won't work. I got to put tracks in his lunch and I got to nag him and I got to cajole him and I got to twist. Uh, not, not, not you. Not you women. Not you women. Godly women. Other women, other churches, okay? What are you saying? What, what are they saying? God, your ways won't work. Except, guess what? Those women would be wrong and God will always be right. And listen, uh, I'm a husband. I see my wife's godly. When I, when I treat her poorly, I say something, or I'm in the flesh, or I just act out, or, or do something. I, I know none of you can actually believe that, that could ever happen, but try every great once in a while, okay? Uh, and I look at her godly life. It speaks more to me than anything she could say that would. Now, I'm not. Susan's in a nag. She's just not, which is, oh, praise you, Lord Jesus. Because I, I see it in other couples, and again, nobody here, nobody here, obviously, but I see it in other couples, and I just think, like, if that was my wife, I would rip my ears off the side of my head if, if never, ever has worked once ever, and women think that's the main strategy. I do that, it'll work. No, but your ways and God's ways are so different, and we got to put our ways on the shelf and say, God, 
your ways are going to work. And that's what faith's all about. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. In your Jericho moment, hasn't God given you a plan? This is what you've got to do. That will never work, except only every time when you apply faith, which is, looks like obedience to what God has said. What happened? They walked around. One day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, seventh time. They walked around seven times. They blew a trumpet, shouted, and the walls came down. Wow. Now, people try to help God. Well, you know, the, the, when they walked around, that loosened the mortar and, the, and that trumpet blast, just the right pitch, the vibration, the tone, the... <laughs> God doesn't need your silly little help. You know what, what brought the walls down? Faith. God, the power of God. But if they didn't obey him, Look at it, it clearly says, and the Bible clearly says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Was it the power of God? Yes. Was it their faith that invoked the power of God that he moved in the breaking down? Of the, uh, yeah, no doubt. Faith looks like something. You remember where it says that Jesus could do no mighty miracles there in one place because of their lack of faith? Was his power limited by their faith. In a very real sense, I think it was in this. They weren't bringing people to him, demon-possessed people, and sick people for him to heal because they didn't believe. And he said he could do no mighty... Was he actually physically not as strong? Well, that's ridiculous. He, Jesus Christ, omnipotent, like, like God is all-powerful all the time. But I think we... Where, where's, the, where's the limiting factor? Our faith. You don't do God's plan. You don't follow what he says. That we won't see the walls of Jericho fell down. This they did, and we have a great victory. Now faith, the harlot Rahab. She's taken all our excuses away. She's not a, of the seed of Abraham. You know, 400 years ago, all these people were in Abraham. Now they're several million strong, and they're the covenant people. They're the people of the book. God's dealing with them, talking to them through Moses through uh, uh, Aaron, uh, now through Joshua. She's out of the plan of God altogether. She's told, look at her, her lifestyle. She's a prostitute. That ain't quite good, is it? No, we know that's, that's against what God wants. How can she get saved the same way you and I do? Through faith. She put her trust in the living God. She... She perished not with them that believe not. Why did all, every, all the Hittite civilizations, why did they all die? Because they didn't believe. They were still sinners, and the wages of sin is death. Wasn't she a sinner? Yeah. How come she didn't die? She had faith. <laughs> Listen, what's changed? At some point, you're going to abandon your silly, I'm a good person theology. That's ridiculous. And it won't get you saved. Tell God how great a person you are. He will be amazed at your resume. He will just be, he'll just be like, wow, you are so awesome. Not at all, right? How, how are we saved? By faith. I'm not, I'm not righteous, Lord. I trust in your righteousness. I'm not sinless. I trust in the sinless substitute of Jesus Christ who died on my behalf. 
I think so many people think, well, I'm going to you know, get up there, I'm going to make my case, I'm going to tell them what a good person I am. When I helped that elderly lady cross the street that time, you're counting heavy on that, aren't you? That's ridiculous. What about all the sin? What about all the wickedness? What about all the flesh? What about all the depravity? The wages of sin is still death, last time I checked. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. When she had received the spies with peace. Remember they come to her? Uh, they're looking for a place to hide. And she houses them and the people who are looking for them, she redirects them. Oh, yeah, they came, but they, they run out, and they, they went out here, and so uh, they go, went out and chased them. I, I always think that, uh, where does she live? She lives on the wall, those walls that are going to fall down. Uh, the spies hadn't got in on the plan yet. They say, hey, uh, put this scarlet you know, thread here, this scarlet cord, and we'll, you know, we'll rescue you. You won't die, perish with them. They go back and tell you know, Josh about the... The, the plan they made. Uh, can you imagine that, how that all played out? Um, oh, so where does she live? Oh, she lives on the wall. Oh! Homer Simpson moment, right? Uh, and I'm sure the walls fell. I'm sure there was some one little section of wall leading up to her house that was, remained intact. Har- this harlot, this prostitute, this sinful Hittite woman becomes the grandmother of David. You mean David, the King David? Yeah. Yeah, his prince named Salmon marries her. And they have this guy named Boaz who has Obed, who has Jesse, who has David. And if you follow it all through, Jesus Christ, the son of David, this is the great, 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 many great grandmother of Jesus Christ. He's a prostitute in his lineage. Yeah. The, the, his grace is so amazing. And what more shall I say? Now he's going to say, listen, I could tell you, I could give you story after story after story. Uh, Hebrews 11, uh, Adam could be teaching for the rest of his life, but he, we're going to limit this to five uh, times. So what more could I say? Because uh, he's mindful of me, right? Uh, time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and of Samuel and the prophets. Um, these are men of faith. Now, Gideon, you know... I want to tell you something about Gideon. He's a little bit hinky. At the end of his life, he kind of is off the reservation, and he's involved in idolatry. And, and hey, we want to make you king. I don't want to be king. Forget about it. It's no good. God's your king. Uh, well, what can we do for you? Well, give me all the gold, all the ornaments, and he makes this golden ephod. Remember that? Like, Gideon, dude, what are you doing? He's got 70 sons, uh, all by the same woman. Uh, no. Uh, one he names... Uh, Abimelech. What does that mean? It means my father is king. I, I want to be king, but I want to name my son Abimelech. And disaster came from that. And, and you can read up on that. But he, you remember him in the 300 turning to uh, flight the, the Midianites? And they were more like grasshoppers on the field. There were so many of them. There, there was like 400,000, I think. I'm only going by memory. You, you can check that and tell me I was off by 100,000. I don't know. Uh, but how do you do that? By faith. And the story is given to us. Uh, Barack, uh, not our beloved president, the last one. Uh, this is Barack. He was a judge of Israel. And he was going to war against Sisera. And again, an overwhelming force. But he wouldn't go unless Deborah went with him. 
what is he, a mama's boy or something? No, I don't know about that. I think, I'm going to give him a hall pass. And I think he saw where the real spiritual power in Israel was. Deborah was a judge, and she judged Israel. She had wisdom. She had a connection with God, and people went to her for judgment and justice. She was like mama bear in Israel. You're going to mess with my cubs. And she took that to the nth degree. And I think that's a wonderful story. And so, you know, again, Barack is a military general. Uh, Samson, you know, Samson, we look at his life, it's very flawed. And here he is, uh, he's in the, he makes the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Say, so he, he had a lust problem. Yes, he did. As did David. Conquered giants. He never quite conquered his flesh. You know what's not here? All those stories, the negative part about it. God looks at the faith. I think he looks at our faith. I, you know, remember I've told you many, many times before, God says, your sins, your iniquities, I will remember no more. We can remind him. He'll just be mystified. He will say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. You may, oh, no, Lord, you remember that time when I, uh, no, can't seem to recall. What is he, doddering? Does his memory not work like mine half the time? I'm trying to come up with something and I can't come up with his God like that? Not at all. Not at all. He chooses to forget. Try that. Try that. And we talk about forgive and forget. Yeah, good luck. Forget. I don't think forget, forgive and forget isn't in the Bible, except when we're talking about God. He chooses not to remember something. But the Bible doesn't say forgive and forget. It just says forgive. When somebody's done you wrong, could you really forget that? I've never been able to. I will act like it's never happened. That's what forgiveness is all about. I'm not going to bring this up. I'm not going to rub your nose in it and tell you what a miserable wretch you were that time you did this to me. That's not forgiveness. But I, can I expunge my memory? I got too good a memory. Usually I, I don't forget that. God can. He's amazing that way. He forgets that to the point where he didn't even bring it up when he's talking about these heroic figures of faith. Does he... Remember your faith? Yeah. Did you remember all the times you messed up? The son of the blood. Son of the blood. Do you think you're going to stand before God? I mean, tell me this. Do you think you're going to stand before God and, and he's got this long list of all your misdeeds, all your missteps, all your errors, all your flesh eruptions, all your transgressions, all your sins, and one by one he's going to go through it and I'll explain. There's no explanation. I'm a sinner and I sin. Isn't that under the blood? I don't think he's bringing it up. Will he talk about your exploits? I think so. Will he talk about your Jericho? Your faith that, like, like Rahab brought you into the family? Will he? I, I think so. I think so. Oh, time wouldn't, will family talk about Samson, Jephthah, uh, Jephthah rash vow, we know about that, but he also was a military general who delivered uh, the people of God in the time of the judges. David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Um, all good stories to tell. We can go through each, each and every one of them, but he's summing up, and so I'll just sum up too. Who through faith, they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Let's talk about this briefly. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. And we have many scripture, you know, we can talk about Jephthah, we can talk about Gideon, we can talk about Barak. They, they won. 
to what? Faith, not to might. Um, they subdue kings. They wrought righteousness. You think about someone like uh, Jeremiah. That's wrong. Your idolatry is wrong. God's going to judge you for that. The only voice saying it. All the prophets around the kings, oh no, God's going to deliver us. Two years, all the exiles are going to come back and all this. And, and, and Jeremiah calling for a righteous standard. Uh, Isaiah, the same way. Many of the prophets stand before kings saying, God says, that's wrong. How do you do that? Because today, you know, you get really, you say anything's right and it's wrong, you, you're in deep weeds in, the, in this culture. Except, you're politically incorrect, but you're heavenly correct, and God will commend you for it. The world will condemn us. God will commend us. Um, how do you do that? Well, you do it by faith, wrought righteousness. By the way, it's, this isn't like holier than thou, and this isn't like, <sighs> people can't stand that when we do this in a petty, chiding Look at me, and how come you're not holy like me? It's not about that. It's about, like I said before, you know, we, we looked at, and on Wednesday night, we were talking about judge not lest you be judged. What does that look like? Well, if I tell somebody, hey, dude, you're, you're committing adultery, that's wrong, and you, you, you ought to repent. Well, who are you to judge me? It's like, shut up. I'm your brother who loves you, and I'm desperately pleading with you not to ruin your marriage, not to ruin your children, not to ruin your life. That's who's saying it. Is that judgmental? No, that's called love. And people think, oh, no, you're just being judgmental. No, you're not. I mean, it depends. Is that your heart? Like, are you reaching out in love? Are you just trying to be petty and try to t show people how they're not perfect like you? I mean, it, the, the motives matter quite a bit. Where am I? Through faith wrought righteousness. And we can bring our righteous standard to bear in the workplace, in the, in the, in the marketplace of ideas, in school, in, in, everywhere we, we go. And again, it's not like, it's, hey, there's a, there's a, God's called us a righteous standard. There's a better way to live. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. Let's talk about stopping the mouth of lions. We're talking about uh, Daniel. Specifically, Daniel and Lyons then, right? I don't think it started with him. I think, listen, uh, David says, uh, when he's uh, talking to Saul about fighting Goliath, he says, you know, um, a, a, a bear came and took one of my uh, lambs, and I went and I slayed it. And then a lion came and took another one of my lambs, and I went and killed that. I grabbed it by the beard, and I thrust it through. God delivered me from the power of the bear and from the mouth of lion. God will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine in my hand. So the first... One who God delivered from the lion was, it, it, that I can tell, is, is David. And David talks about that in the Psalms, like, you know, they come against me like roaring lions, and Lord, deliver thou me from them, and, and things like that. I bet when Daniel's in the lion's den, I bet he's drawing heavy on that. I really think so. Lord, you delivered David. Uh, uh, how about me? How about me? Because, you know, I want... I want Lord, you to show your power. I want your power to be on display. I don't think David was, uh, Daniel was more concerned with himself than he was concerned with God. I bet he was concerned with himself a little bit. If you're in a lion's den, you, they kind of focus your attention a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking he was thinking about himself, but I think he was mostly thinking about God's glory. They're trying to put me down. They're trying to win against you, against your kingdom. Lord, don't let it happen. You delivered David, can't you deliver me? Later on, Paul will pick this up in the New Testament. He said, and God delivered me out of the, out of the uh, lion's mouth. He delivered me out of the den of lions. You're thinking, Paul? 
They don't like metaphor. He's proposing. Like when they came against me, the council at Jerusalem, it was like a den of lions. And I prayed, Lord, deliver me. And did God deliver him? Yes, he did. And is this helpful at all? I think so. We have an adversary. He's like a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. And I, I love the fact that God delivers us from the mouth of the lion. Has he delivered me? Only every time so far. And I think this is kind of important. This is what faith looks like. It looks like taking the word of God, applying it to our life in such and such a way. Have you thought about Jericho as like uh, that place that's stopping you from inheriting the promised land? And if not, why not? Because I think the spirit of God in me and the spirit of God in you is the same spirit. And it's not my intellect. Please, (laughs) please, please. Well, I'm real smart about Bible things. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just like you, and the Spirit of God brings to my mind different things because I study and I hear other people's comment and I read a lot of commentary and things like that, but anyone can do that. Have you thought like, hey, you know, I'm not living in the promised land. I'm not inheriting all the things God has for me. What's stopping me? What, what, have you thought about Jericho? Have you thought about getting together with God and coming up with a plan that he does and you follow in faith to deliver you from whatever it is that's stopping you from inheriting? When the lion roars against you and wants to devour you, have you applied the lessons of Daniel? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Are we reading about some thousand or more year old prophet and, you know, 3,000 year old prophet about, and, and this is what happened in his life and this is what, who cares? I mean, who cares? At some point you've got to say, God, you're speaking to me, you're speaking to my life, you're speaking into my, my reality right now. And I got a roaring lion. He's trying to devour me. Can you, are you still the God who delivers your people from lions? Hey, the answer, by the way, is, is yes. And those of you who, who seek after the power of God, you'll see that he delivers. But, but more on this in a second. Who quenched the violence of fire. What's that all about? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love that story. That's one of the great ones. Again, the book of Daniel. Hey, hey uh, no, we're not bowing to your image. Uh, you get over that, Nebuchadnezzar. Get over yourself. We ain't going to do it. Well, we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. Whatever. God's able to deliver us. But if not, <laughs> one way or another, I'm not bowing to your image. And if I'm home, be with God. Well, fair enough. But God delivered him. Because is, is there a furnace of affliction in your life? Is there fire is to be quenched? I'm absolutely sure of it. How will you do it? By faith. By faith. Lord, if I do this, it's not, I, I, I will be fired. Uh, I got a plan for your life. Not even the smell of smoke is going to be on you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was four in the fiery furnace. Do you remember the story? Nebuchadnezzar looks in, one like the Son of Man. There's a place where when we're through the tribulation, when we're going through, that we only meet Jesus Christ. You, you meet the, the lily of the valley, in the valley. Sometimes going through a thing, you you see God in a new way that you've never seen him before. We don't pray valleys and fire on ourselves. Life will do that quite without you praying for it. But when you've gone through something, you'll you'll meet God in a way that you've never known known him before. How many of you? Am I making sense to anyone? Somebody say amen. (laughs) Okay, good. All right. Lay off the decaf, okay. Just a word. 
<laughs> escape the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, wax valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And we give illustration after illustration after illustration of this. Women received their dead, raised to life again. You remember the widow of Zarephath there? Mm, uh, the one, I, I can't exactly remember my stories. The one that Elisha was being housed, and, she, and, she, and what can we do to this widow? Uh, this, no, this, it wasn't a widow. This lady... Um, that, uh, you know, his servant Gehazi says, and he says, well, she doesn't have a child. He says, hey, go call her. This time next year you're going to have a kid. And then she's like, oh, don't, don't, come on, don't play me. I've never been able to, no, I'm telling you this is what's going to happen. Next year she has a kid. Imagine my surprise. And then, like, 12 years later, he's, uh, oh, um, I can't remember exactly how many years later. See, see I'm, some of the facts are fuzzy. i got a lot of stuff going on up here monkeys playing with a yo-yo and just all kinds of stuff or I'm trying to sort out my stuff. Uh, but you remember, like, then the child dies. He's, he's out in the field with his dad. Oh, I got a headache. And, well, go see your mother. And he, she puts him on her lap and he dies. And she goes after uh, Elisha. Like, what, what did I ask for? You didn't do this to me and all this stuff like this. How did God raise up that child? That was the first one in Scripture, by the way. There's no test case. Remember Elijah lying on him? His Fingers on his fingers, his, you know, nose on his nose, just face to face, just lying on him. Did that work? I, yeah, he did. Eventually, the, the kid sneezes seven times, and then his spirit returns. It's crazy stuff, isn't it? We read about that. How did that happen? Faith. Um, Elisha had to, you know, step out. Was the lady involved? She went to get Elisha. She went to tell him, hey, you know, was she hopeful of this uh, eventuality? No doubt. Again, did she, could she look in the Bible and see a test case of this? Faith is, I, want, I was going to say unreasonable. That's the wrong word. It goes beyond reason. It's not unreasonable. It's, just, it's super reasonable. God, you can do anything. You, you bring life. You, and when death happens... Can you bring life out of death? Well, we'll find out. I'm, gonna, I'm praying. He's, I'm hoping. This is what women receive their dead, raised to life again. Now, others were tortured. Wait a second. That's not a good thing. Others were tortured. We're talking about, look, uh, victory, 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 deceit. Uh, defeat. I mean, isn't that the context? I mean, if you look at it. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Well, you have that too. Hey, I, uh, you know, I, I'm not. Imagine being like at the point of a sword like uh, Paul says he made people blaspheme at the, by the edge of the sword. Imagine doing that. You know, this guy's going to make me look like a Pez dispenser here in about three seconds, and all i got to do is denounce Jesus Christ. Happens in the world still today. Not in America. Not, not really. People mock us, but they don't cut us up. Not literally. With words they might, but you don't, words won't make you bleed. Nope. Nope. I might see Jesus in the next few minutes, but I'm going to be true to him right, right to the end. That's faith. Some love this chapter, the first part of it, where they say, you know, through faith you're going to 
you know, quench the, the violence of the, of the edge of the sword and you're going to be delivered from the flames and you're going to be delivered from this and delivered from that and delivered from the lions. And that same faith, it may mean torture. I tell you, uh, if you uh, listen to, as I've told you time and time again, the voice of the martyrs, torture still happens in this world for believing in Jesus Christ in many places. Many, there's many countries, what I'm doing now is against the law. Others had trials of cruel mockings, of scourging, aimed moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Like who? Well, Jeremiah, the guy who wrote this chapter, if it's Paul, Paul, Peter, John, most of the disciples, Many of the followers of Jesus Christ. Again, still today. Trials of crew mocking, scourging, bonds, imprisonment. They were stoned. You can think of Stephen. You can think again of Paul at, at uh, Lystra. They were sawn asunder. That means cut in two. Uh, Isaiah, this is tradition. It's not, you can't find a Bible verse that tells you this. But Manasseh put Isaiah in a log and sawed the log in half, and that's how, how Isaiah perished. Again, traditional. You don't have to believe that. Um, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. That doesn't sound like faith. That doesn't sound like overcomers. Look, you know, a lot of people tell you that, you know, if you're, you know, you're faith, you're never going to get sick, and you're not going to be... Uh, yeah. And I always think, like, well... How come you're poor? <laughs> Guy telling me about faith who can't even make his bills, can't even make ends meet. Why don't you just speak your own reality into wealth? Um, how come you're getting older or losing your hair or have bad teeth? Or have, how come you wear glasses if you're Mr. Man of Faith? Take them, throw them out. I have 20-20 vision. I even got better than that. I can see like an eagle can see. Just say your own reality. You know, that is wrong, it's harmful, and it's not even scripture at all. That's bad doctrine. And you know what? They never teach about imprisoned stone, sawn asunder. They never do. They take this whole section of scripture and they just skip it. Listen, faith may be a, a situation where you're s delivered from the lion, but it, that same faith might bring you to the place where you're sawn asunder. It's still faith. It doesn't always have a happy outcome. I don't know how else to say it. This exasperates me because I talk to people about this and I, I bring up these verses and it's just like this like cognitive dissonance. Their eyes glaze over and they won't receive. I, just, I bought into the faith makes me happy and healthy and holy and wealthy and that's what faith does. At the end of the day, it's not faith in faith. It's faith in God. I think you have faith in faith. And that's sadly misplaced. Faith is good, but if you have faith in the wrong thing, it ain't going to help at all. The Bible doesn't say, I have faith in faith. It says, have faith in God. God can do all those things. And sometimes he doesn't choose to listen. We pray and we pray and we pray for this one to be delivered from cancer. And then he or she dies anyway. What do we do? 
Well, some people shake an angry fist at God and tell him he doesn't know how to run the universe and he's a bad God. And, he's, and, if, and if God was so good, how come? And you can point to a hundred million things that are wrong with this world. But God didn't do them. I don't believe he did any of them. He gave us paradise. And after the fall, all bets are off. It's a fallen world. And if, if people aren't treating each other well, guess what? That's not his fault. Listen, that's not his fault. He says, love one another. If we applied his, uh, I want you to treat everyone like you'd like to be treated. We applied his golden rule to life. Most of our problems would disappear. Okay, there would still be uh, hurricanes and volcanoes and tsunamis, but we wouldn't be killing one another. If God loves us so much, how come there's wars? Stop fighting. This is, that's you. That's not him. So a lot of these problems, but the other thing too is it's a fallen world where we're going to get older and eventually we're going to die. Listen, if you're 60 like I am, you're not as fit as you were when you were 18. That's just the way it is. And it's not that God's not being fair. It's just that that's how it works. And we're all going to die of something. None of us die of good health. And you can shake an angry fist at God and call him names and everything else. You know, I just don't see the sense in it. And my only resource, my only help, my only strength, I've just, I've just cut off myself from that. And how's that a benefit in any way, shape, or form? Uh, um, you know, like I, I have a son, and I, I tell you this, and he got divorced from God, and he hasn't been faithful to God since. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I'm just using an example close to home. Now you've got two problems. You're divorced and you have no God. How did that benefit you? I mean, before you were divorced, well, people can come back from that. People can live through divorce. People can even marry again and live happily ever after. How many of you guys are on your second or third time around and having a great go of it? Because God's good and you don't, like, mess up forever and he's going to, like, perpetually hate you for eternity because you did something wrong or something was wrong done to you. i got to keep moving. Anyway, that whole faith movement, that's just, I, I, I want to use a real word, but it would, I would have to censor myself. I have to fire me if I'm saying what I'm thinking. It's, it's not good doctrine. It's really lousy, and it's hurt, hurtful, and it's harmful. Don't you have faith in, God, in, in faith in faith? Have faith in God. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword, they wandered about and sh- Sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Isn't that an incredible verse to find there? Because the people don't think we're worthy. They think we're the offscouring of the world. And God says, no, you got that exactly wrong. These ones, these Isaiahs, these Jeremiahs, these Daniels, the world isn't worthy of them. It's not that they aren't worthy to be part of the world. They're, no, 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 you're not worthy to have their incredible faith, incredible testimony in front of you. And God sees it exactly opposite of the way uh, a lot of people see it. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, in caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. Isn't that an incredible thing? Well, God's promised this and this and this and this. Yeah, maybe not to you, maybe not at this time. I remember talking to one lady, and her husband died, and it was, she got hold of one of those faith tracks of, you know, it's your lack of faith, blah, 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 and pastor's ministering to her, and, and it was ministering to her. She said, but I wanted to see 
us go up together in the rapture. We were going to hold hands and we were going to be... She was saying that she hadn't obtained the promise. Wait. <laughs> of course we're going to go up together in the rapture. What are, you, what are you talking about? A simple thing like death isn't going to stop God from having his plan accomplished. She's, she didn't think she received the promise. Like, I, God spoke to us and said this was going to happen, stuff like this. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. I love this holding hands and not. I may be at work or driving, but look, it's a, it's, Christ is here, and we're kind of at this side of the planet, this side of the planet. We're all going to be with soon enough. I mean, I, I'm not really nerved up about holding hands and not or whatever, you know. I gotta keep my hands free. I thought I'd grab a sinner in each hand and say, "Okay, you gotta believe, or I'm gonna let go." You know, I, I I don't know how it works. I mean, but I mean, we're gonna all be together. The bride of Christ is is we're we're all the bride of Christ. You think he's gonna like miss somebody? Uh, so I think sometimes it's not that we obtain the promise like the way we think it's gonna happen. But I mean, you gotta think about like uh, Abraham. Did he receive the promise? He had. Two sons, well, like five or six sons by the time he died. Did he receive the promise? Yeah, but he's, he's gone on now. But how many, how many children does he have? Two, more than you can count, more than the stars, more than the sand by the seashore. Innumerable is the word. The God, when they talk about Though they receive not the promise, I think we should almost put the word yet, because God's promises don't fail. They're yea and amen. God says, I'll give you eternal life, Adam. Well, I've had a bad week this week. Oh, well, I forget it. <laughs> forget it. I'm, I'm out. Wait, I thought you'd never leave me or forsake me, I would say. And he'd, he, of course, he never would. Right? I mean, sometimes it's a question of obtaining the promise. Yet, I think as you wait long enough, God's going to do what God said he's going to do. Has anyone here, like, God spoke to you one time in your life and it seems to have, like, never materialized the way you thought it was going to be? And, and yet, I remember I was probably, I don't know, my 40s or maybe 50, I don't know. And somebody said that to me. And I was at Cap, uh, Ken's church, and uh, I can't even tell you who it was and when and what he was saying, but he was saying like that, God ever promised you something and you thought like, but it just never materialized? And he spoke a word of prophecy, and it was to me, he said, and yet, and I think this is a season where that's going to come to pass. And I, and I felt the Spirit working in my life like, you know how you do? You can't, I can't really explain it. But if you've experienced it, uh, the Spirit working in your life, I mean, I don't have to explain it. And if you haven't experienced the Spirit working in your life, there's nothing I can say that will make you understand it. It's one of those things, you know, the, uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating thereof, right? You're just, you have to partake to partake. The Spirit quickened something in me and said, because and, he was saying that's going to happen, it's going to come to pass. When I was... 21, I think. I was working in a woolen mill in Corinna. If you drive through Corinna now, there is no woolen mill. 
Uh, but I was working there back then, and I was reading my Bible because I was a Christian. I had a little New Testament they gave me in, uh, in boot camp that Gideon's gave me. And I was reading that, and a lady, asked, she was in, working in the spinning department. She asked me, so, elderly lady, and she said, so what are you like practicing to be a pastor or something? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Like, who would, I just read the Bible. Like, you, 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 listen, you're, you, you don't have anything to do with the Bible or you're in ministry, to, you're in seminary, right? That, that's the only two options, obviously. And I said, and I, I laughed and I told her, no, of course I wouldn't ever be a pastor or anything. And the Holy Spirit of God said to me, not so fast, who said that? I, I, didn't, I didn't determine that. And I, and I felt like, I'm, I'm giving the words of spirit, it's a, it's, a, it's a feeling that I'm putting words to, okay? When God works in my heart, he doesn't speak to me audibly. He, n- not me, not yet, not ever, yet. But he still speaks to me. <clears throat> he gives me these impressions, and I add the words to it, okay? That's why he always uses the phraseology that I would use, and he always, he talks with the same accent I talk with. It's my impression of what the Spirit of God is saying to me. And I felt like that was my calling. I was like 21. Then what happened? I don't know. Life, family, and stuff. And so when this guy, he said, God didn't forget the promises that he made too long ago. You, you, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. He, once he says that, he doesn't change his mind about it. So what happened? Life happened. And I, life I studied the Bible, I learned stuff, I, 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 I lived life, I had a, a, a long marriage, I had stuff, you know, resources to draw from, uh, life experiences and stuff like that. And then after that guy had said that, what me and we had an elders meeting, I was an elder at the time at, at Calvary Chapel, and God said, okay, I want you to go to Waterville and pastor church there. Right on the heels of this, this true story, I wouldn't make this stuff up. What happens? God Listen, I'm, I'm moving your life. I'm calling you. And if you haven't attained the promise yet, because I get time. I'm working, and I'm, a, I'm looking at eternity. I mean, look at So Abraham leaves Ur of the Chaldees, comes into the promised land, 75, and has a child at 76, right? No, at 100. Sometimes you wait a quarter of a century for God's promises. Why? Because God's working a perfect plan, and, uh, he, and he wants you to hang on to that promise. It, it, sometimes it's like, this ain't never going to materialize, God. And he just says, you just chill. You just trust in me. I, I'm working my plan. I'm not indifferent. I'm not slow. I'm working it out perfectly at the right time. All these have obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God hath provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, think about that at work tomorrow. You're saying, what do you mean? God having provided some better thing for us, you and me, the bride of Christ, that they without us, the place you work, they're not going to be perfected outside of you. What, what do you mean? What do you mean, Adam? Your faith. God has a, a plan to reach those who you're praying for, that you love, that you want to see come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. How's that going to work? You just work God's plan. Just, just follow him faithfully. Look for your marching orders. 
You know, prayer, check in with God, right? And you, what? He's, um, it's, it's Christmas time, so he's our heavenly Santa. And we sit on his lap, and I want this, and a new truck, and a train, and, a, and all this stuff, right? No, thy will be done. I want your kingdom to advance, Lord. I want you to, to be famous throughout all the land, throughout all the world. Host my part of this. How can I accomplish what you want me to accomplish? What, what, do, you, what do you have for me? Does he have something? Of course he does. He saved you for a purpose. You do know that, right? Jesus, come follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. This, is that just for Peter? Oh, no, no, that's ridiculous. No, he's got a call. He's got a promise he's extended. He's, he, he wants to use us. There's never anyone yet who's offered, okay, Lord, here I am, use me. He said, nah, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> You're not the first one. Trust me on that, okay? But I'm not. Yeah, I know. And I will make you. Well, I can't. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Don't even finish the sentence. I will make you. I have the equipping, I have the power, I have the resources, I have the know-how. I've been God for a long time. I, I'm pretty sure I know how to work this out in your life. You're not the exception, okay? I've got a plan for your life. I want to bless you. I want to reach others. I know you do too. Guess who put that feeling in your heart? Okay, let's, enough. Listen, we finished Hebrews 11. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll be in Hebrews 12 next, next time. Let's stand, let's pray. Our Father, you're better than good, and our faith is in you, and it's not misplaced. Our trust, our confidence, our hope is in you. And we're not those who have faith in faith, Lord. We have faith in the living God who can speak things into existence, who calls things that are not as though they were. And we're happy to have that in our life. So, Father, we pray your blessing on, on your word that it might enrich our lives. We want to be people of faith. We want to exhibit faith in our life. We want you to reach our friends and our families through our faith-filled lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as lost. Lead me to the cross where your love